Hello, everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. I'm Matt Weston, and this afternoon, I'm joined by my good friend Taylor. Hi. <laughs> is that is that my intro? You don't even have a comparison this time around? Well, what a, am I to yours? That is how this show it's works. It's a new season, though. So it's, I thought a new, we, it's not a new season. We're still talking about old season. Yeah, I know, but the 2019 season's over. So, Wait, it's so is this a new you? Yeah, kind of. I think okay. we I think we'll do a different thing for the show. Do me a favor, cut your hair. All right. If this is a new you, cut your hair. You look gross. All right. All right. You look like the Joker. So am I more Arthur Miller <laughs> or am I more Antoine Chigar? You are Arthur Miller. You might as well have it more greasy. Just have it curled at the end at the like the tips. I could probably straighten it down. You could. Be, no, it'd be Antoine Chigar though. No, I don't see. I don't want you to do that. And more only denim. No, I want some like. Come on, get some Arthur and like get. Get even skinnier than what you are now, and then just like curl up I don't in a know ball. If I can though, if you were to have your shirt off and your brother walks into your house and you're so skinny where you can just see all the bones in your spine, your brother would freak out, and it, I would probably pay money to see Michael's look on his face. It's Joaquin Phoenix's back that's messed up. That's even the so master, gross. it's like he's just like a Ninja Turtle back. He knows how to twerk his back to make it just look disgusting. Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, no, this is a really New Year, New Me sort of thing. But I think we should do something else with the podcast. So I think I'm going to go with the quote from now on. Oh, God. So are you ready for this week? <laughs> oh, I'm going to be sick. Sacrifice is not destruction. Here we go. Sacrifice is the foundation stone of what is to come. Thanks. Pretty good, right? What is that? Who said that? Carl Young said that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What am I going to do with that now? I don't know. Whenever you think about like, you know, be, all right, let's say, for example, like, <laughs> I need it. Yeah, it's February. I'm, I'm still trying to lose weight. Personally, I'm not. I'm beautiful right now. It's about I saying you lose any more weight, you're going to die. But let's say you are. You know, so that, you know you're, you've been doing pretty good with your New Year's resolutions. You're five weeks in, and then you're about to eat like an almond M&M. Just think in your head, sacrifice is not destruction. You want an M&M? Sacrifice really is good. a foundation stone of what is to come. Oh, my God. And you think about your hungry stomach, and you say, this isn't destruction. This is just a foundational stone of April, of May. I feel like you're depressed. No, I'm doing pretty it good. It sounds like a depressing speech. Oh, you know, you want to know the crazy thing that happened. Oh, good. Here we go. <laughs> so I was, I was reading, uh, I was, so I've been reading this red book thing or whatever, because I want to read it since Colton sent that video of what the shine may be about, about like, Young's red book or whatever. And one of the things in it was like one of his patients who was like a really big lucid dreamer. And what she would do when she would dream, she would ask the people in her dream, like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, what are you trying to convey to you? Because dreams are all just, you know, metaphors that they're not literal at all. You have to examine them deeper. And they're all just different archetypes that are built with us from before we could even speak at all. Uh-huh. Before we even had language. And maybe language is just an alien. Oh, from my God. Okay, okay. Anyways, but <laughs> so, I, so I had a dream there night and it wasn't really lucid. But I was like, I was like halfway in there, but I was still like somewhat conscious while I was dreaming. And I, there's somebody in my dream. I go, hey, so what's this all about? What are you trying to tell me? And then I, my whole body started shaking. The whole dream started shaking. And I was like, ah. Like trying to wake myself up and it was horrifying and I woke up like everything was orange I was like oh that's some dark energy right there so I don't think if you're dreaming you should ask them what are you trying to tell me right now it doesn't seem like a very good idea yeah um so I've been watching a lot of Love Island uh it's a UK show kind of like the bad yeah everyone knows Love Island yeah so um that's what I've been watching and I feel like that my mind whenever I'm dreaming 
is like I'm a contestant on the show being introduced and my lady is also looking at me at the same time mm -hmm. as I'm introducing myself to other ladies. So it's all about is the audience going to pick me in the end so I can win 50,000 pounds. How many, how many dollars is that? I don't know. I think it's the same at this point. Is that I think it's pounds and dollars are pretty darn close. I thought Much was, closer than what you would think. Oh, stones or weight. What are stones? You can they measure weight in stones. Like Where I'm, are you going? The stone what is this blood stones? diamond? No, I mean just I didn't know if their dollars are called pounds or stones. Oh, or, it's, it's pounds or sickles, pence too, and some. It's some stupid yeah. or squid. Don't they say squid? I don't think they say squid or What's squib. No, I, I hope that's not something racist. At no, all. the only thing I'm going to get out of Love Island though is every single person I talk to, I'm just going to say, "Hey, bruv, bruv, bruv," with the V at the end there. Huh. That's what I need. So the Kansas City Chiefs. Did you watch the parade? Why would I? Did watch it the feel parade? good? Why would I watch the parade? Were you watching the parade? No, of course not. Yeah, who would be watching? I just the saw Travis Kelsey try copy his brother. Oh, that's pathetic. Yeah. Ooh, that's cringeworthy right there. What is he trying to copy his brother for? What do you oh, do? He had the WWF belt and was just had this big speech. Okay. Trying to be like his brother. Who invented the WWF belt? Was it Rashid? I thought it was Aaron Rodgers. No, it was Rasheed Wallace was before Aaron yeah. Rodgers because that was 2002 NBA champions. Something like that. By the way, you like that? I can remember that. No, no, no. It was 2002 NBA champions. No, I think the Lakers won in 02. No, they didn't because they lost to Detroit. 2003 no, when the no. Spurs beat Detroit. No. Yes. Well, I guess that's be the 0-2 Bro, don't, season. don't test me on this. Because the 2002 Kings lost to the Lakers in 02. Yeah. So I guess 03 then. 02, 03 then. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'd say. Like that. Yeah, you don't test me on the Detroit thing, man. Yeah, That's, 0102. Yeah, it's always my argument. Oh, because, hey, man, Kobe, rest in peace. Argument always against Timmy versus Kobe. It's always, oh, I'm sorry. Who lost to Detroit and who beat Detroit? Huh, how weird is that? Throwing that out there. Sorry. Interesting stuff. Sorry, big Tim Duncan fan over here. My yeah, bias kind of just spills out of me at some at some points. Uh, I think that's something to do. I think they get beads in my hair. I'd be like, I'm just like Tim Duncan. What? No, <laughs> that's not what I was trying to get at. So I was only <laughs> saying that you look like Joker, but now you should keep growing the hair out to then have dreads so you can be an islander like Timmy. Yeah. You're not. You I'm not an island. I'm not an island guy, though. You're not. You don't and have that vibe. You're not chill enough. No, I'm not an island guy. Because instead you're reading red books and you're thinking crazy dreams and you're wanting to I talk to your dreammates. I can't think of... My dreams, they just happen. You might as well watch Beetlejuice. I have no point. control over I it. I feel like that's the same thing. It's more about active imagination. That's what you can't control. So the offseason's already starting right now. It's already happening. You see the so Chargers. Many articles. The Chargers know Phillip Rivers next year. That's already been kind of determined by them. Now Duke Johnson apparently is going to get cut by the Cardinals and be like, yeah, we have, you know, $55 million in cap space. We'll just take a $16 million cap hit. Who cares? That's, that's, oh God. Crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't do he that. He was bad last year too. And the other thing too, I think uh, the Rams are kind of exploring some Todd Gurley for, feelies who here. Who would trade for Todd Gurley? I wouldn't even trade seventh round pick for him. I'm like trying to think of what, if you're Kansas City. No. Really? Take, on that, con City? take on that contract? No. Get well, out of here. You're about to write Mahomes a blank check, so... Get out of here, that contract. I guess. It, yeah, what is it still? It's like $22 million. Well, no, I know it's a little bit less than, uh, what's his face, Zeke's, Fat Boys. So I know that. It's so funny. These guys are going to guarantee that no other running back is going to be paid. But apparently they were going to be talking to Gurley, I think, this week. 
to kind of discuss the 2020 future with where it's going to be going. I just, I don't know. I don't know what the Rams can do, which, by the way, spoiler alert, this is kind of one of my one of my awards, one of my awards here. But I just don't know what you can do because, to your point, I'm even trying to think what other team besides Kansas City would need a running back and would be willing to pay. It's just a garbage team like the Jets with Le'Veon. Well, they have a bunch of cap space. But, yeah, why would they do yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. They're not going to do it, though. And I need, I need to get recaught up on the rules here. But I think if you trade for Gurley, the Rams have to pay off, like, $16 million immediately. What? Yeah, because you have to pay the bonus when you trade them. And then the other oh, team... they didn't pay them all everything. Yeah, but then I think the bonus can be prorated over multiple seasons. Or you can put it all in the contract that year, but they don't have any cap space to begin with. So it's like, oh, we have to prorate... Yeah, they, they have to pay Ramsey. And they're going to pay Ramsey. It's like Tunsil. It's like you gave up that many picks for you're, him. You're stuck. You're stuck with him. And then whoever trades for him is, has to be okay with being like, yeah, I'll pay uh, Todd Gurley you know, $5 million this year, $4 million or whatever. All of his money's in bonus, though. He has a big contract, but it's all in his signing bonus. I just don't know what, what team would really be going after a running back at this point. Especially one that you like desperately say that you need. I just... Even after this season, I'm trying to think of a team. It's like, oh, it's going to be great. Well, especially, too, after we just watched the Chiefs win a Super Bowl with Damian Williams as their running back. Yeah, but Damian Williams is the one that dominated in that game. Yeah, he's really – I mean, against, I mean, that's but what he, I mean, though. 5.8% of his runs were against slight boxes. That's, yeah. what's, that's what's important. It's about the situation you run the ball right. in, not necessarily the running City back. But Kansas City still wasn't the team that you'd be – like, you wouldn't have known them to be able to run the ball like they did in the Super Bowl. Because they weren't gonna, they didn't do that all season, and even in the playoffs. So it was kind of fun to see Damian Williams get the ball, which proves somebody does need a running back. I mean, you do need somebody. Yeah, you have to have somebody with a heartbeat. Somebody who doesn't weigh two hundred pounds. Can you imagine what this team would be if they still had Kareem Hunt? Oh my god! Yeah, he's a free agent this year too. Uh, yeah, but they can't take him back. That's the only problem. Oh yeah, of course they can't. I don't know. I mean, like, he's a good pass-catching back. Yeah, so that kind of brings up the other thing. What would you rather have, Kareem Hunt or Todd Gurley? Kareem Hunt. I would rather have Kareem Hunt, too. Yeah. And you'd probably get him at a lesser cost. Especially now he's a bad boy driving drunk. Hey, him and the cop had a conversation. He's fine. You need to get a ticket for that. He's a bad boy. Hey, he may have said that he he would fail an NFL drug test. He's fine. Who yeah, cares? I want him you to can some, just say those things. Him that, and the cop had a great conversation. That's a chip on his shoulder. I like that. I want a guy who's hungry to win. Dude, I'd be if I was him, I'd be drinking like crazy at this point. No. If, if they were winning, I would be rooting for the 49. And the fact that I would be ex- I would be exercising is what I'd be Matt, doing. Matt, could you have imagined what Kareem Hunt would have done if Damian Williams would have won the MVP? I don't know. He probably... Man. You know what he should be doing? He, should he be probably e- would have picked it up He should be more. exercising so that he can make more money next year. That's what he should be doing. It's a just slippery slope. Also, I'd rather, I'd rather just sign Kenyon Drake, too. No, if you're Arizona, you can't let that go. I'm saying if I was another team, I'd try to bring him in. He's uh, so good catching passes. Maybe. I actually would rather take Kareem Hunt over Kenyon Drake. I, again, I'm going to roll the dice with Kareem Hunt. I'm, I'm going to take just, that all day long. I mean, the problem with, with, I'll take the publicity for it, too, at this optics, point. It's the optics, you know. I, I'll take the Kareem Hunt. I think that man he is He seems talented. like a really good Cincinnati Bengal. No, Mixon and Kareem Hunt on the same team. Mixon's too Joe good. Joe Burrow. That's what I mean. You don't you, need but you them. can. Yeah, it's you good. Don't need a double. Kareem Hunt needs to be the guy. Just watch it. What did Baltimore do this year? They have four great running backs. Yeah, but who is really the guy though? I know they had four great ones. But Kareem Hunt should be a guy. Is my point. He you, should be the main guy. Where then you have the others. It's better to, back to have. You, up. A lot, you want to have two or three good running backs. It's good to have multiple good. I running know backs. it's good. I'm just saying that he's the best. Because it's so hard to decide between him and Chubb. 
is my point. You don't want that type of scenario where you're trying it's to It's a decide. great scenario. I don't think it is. Because you can run multiple set backfields. You can use them both in the passing Every game. Every time Kareem Hunt got the ball over Chubb, I was angry. Yeah, because you played a, fantasy. Yeah, now even from a fantasy perspective, it's more like Chubb's on fire. Why are we taking him out of the game? It gets he, it takes he away gets touches. he gets tired. It he needs a breather. I'm, I'm sorry, we're out of this. He gets tired. Uh, so quickly, the traditional missionary style MVP awards. So MVP, I have, and we're doing an award show today. And like, subscribe, give it five stars. You may do actually. I may record like an intro, like you listen to Bell Red Radio, like subscribe. Give it five stars. I'm, I'm trying to die in the desert. Then the theme song. We need then the to podcast. have a, we need to have like an actual like lyrics. We need to have like a rap song before. No, we're not doing That's that. That's what we need to have. Uh, so I'll do the beatbox. MVP. I have Russell Wilson. Yeah, I know. I had uh, Lamar Jackson. Okay, I have Lamar Jackson, my offensive player. Yeah. Okay. Well, it doesn't make any sense. He's offense and he's MVP. No, he's not. Yeah, he's both. Uh-uh. Who won offensive player? Actually, was it McCaffrey? I don't know who won offensive. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, all right. My thing again. My out. thing with this is that if you look at their offenses, every offensive lineman starring for the Ravens is better than Seattle's. Every tight end they have is better than Seattle's. They had two running backs better than Seattle's. The only thing Seattle had that Baltimore didn't have was the wide receiver position. And Russell Wilson did more with less than Jackson did. And the reason why the Seahawks fell apart was because they played a dumb offense why that doesn't we, let Wilson throw the ball downfield enough. We've, we've and been two, through this, though. he does so much. Again, but the reason why they don't have to pay for their offensive line to pass protect and put any money in their offensive line really at all is because of how good Russell Wilson is at breaking tackles and maneuvering out of stuff. And so he did more than anybody else did um, with little this year. We've been through this, though, whenever it comes to this type of dispute because when Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks were destroyed by the Baltimore Ravens. Not only that, though. When it's it came a, well, even this is a bad They had two non-offensive touchdowns that game. Listen to what I'm saying. We had the conversation because Russell Wilson going to the Baltimore Ravens. Are they a better team? They run different offense. Exactly the point where the, this entire thing is just designed the Raven, for the Yeah, the the Ravens with Jackson are better than the Seahawks are with Jackson. The Ravens with Jackson. The Ra- I mean, the Ravens with Wilson are better than the Seahawks with Jackson. I agree with that, but I don't. But here's the thing: I also think that the Ravens with Jackson are better than the yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, because they set up their entire team for Jackson. Exactly the but point. But what I mean, but yeah, they have an entire ecosystem but built that's for, why it's hard for them. Because to you have an entire yeah, but you have to think about it, their entire offseason was built for Jackson. I know they didn't build a team for Wilson. Of course, uh, it's got, they didn't. They don't have anywhere like uh, they don't throw the ball down the sideline. Enti- they don't throw the ball. They never throw thing the ball is just down. To have two guys going deep. Though. No, down the middle of the field yes. when they throw the ball. But in Baltimore. there's still two guys going deep while then Not you're really. establishing the run game at the same time. They don't know everything is is middle of the field. They're only deep. Pe- so you're receiver saying Metcalf and Lockett didn't Andrews. run deep. No, I'm talking about Baltimore. I'm talking about Seattle. Oh, Seattle. No, saying, about yeah, Seattle. that's Seattle. Saying. That's what I'm talking and about. You had Jackson. You had Jackson can't do. Yeah, Jackson can't throw the ball down the sideline. But yeah, but it's the same argument flipped over from what you're saying, though. Yeah, of yeah. course Wilson's not going to be as good as Jackson Baltimore because everything's built for it's him same there. Thing with Jackson yeah, but and I'm Seattle sa- because that's not his you, style. I know, but if you flip them around each situation, 
Wilson can be better in any just about any offense. He can be great in just about any offense. The if, difference if, is that Jackson was specifically designed for. That's where he was fine at if this that's year. your argument. But that doesn't make you MVP for the season. He, just because that you would work less. better and more no, offenses versus that's just, one that's it's just not my argument designed. for it. My argument, it's just a counter argument what you said. I think Wilson did a lot more with less than what anybody else did this year. I'm and he was a top to three quarterback this year. I'm saying it's hard to compare, and especially with Lamar had, come on. You can say whatever you want about Wilson, and he is my favorite player in the NFL, but Lamar just had the edge on every single stat, every single category, even eye test especially. Lamar was the best this year. No doubt in my mind. I think Will- and Russell slipped at the end, by the way. Yeah, his whole team Russell, was hurt. But his offense on. he had three different new stars and offensive. There's a lot line. of excuses for Russell though. I because of the environment that he was placed in. And that's and I get and it's mainly for me is how I view the MVP MVP though. I get I take it as the most valuable player who does more with less and still has a team that's really good. And I think Wilson did that. He carried the Seahawks the entire season. They somehow went eleven and five. They had a bad pass rush all year. They ran the ball way too often. I think if you even, hopefully they go more spread next year. They don't throw the ball downfield even more. And they stop, and also it's insane that Seattle runs the ball more than they throw the ball. It's insane. They, and they had no running backs to break tackles at all. It's Russell Wilson carrying Marshawn Lynch's, you know, fatness across the field. And uh, and good old Eric Homer, you know. Like, their entire team was hurt at I that point you, in the year, too. But I'm still not going to, I just because you're getting the injury bug, just because you're doing this, this, and this, I can't feel bad. I can't make the excuses. I, if you, I mean, that's I th- not what the MVP's about. Yeah, I think it's about who is the most valuable. I, I think know. he was the most valuable to his and team. And I think Lamar was the most valuable this year. No matter what you can say to me, watching the guy, watching everything that he was doing with the team, granted to your point, which is why it's so hard for me to compare the two, everything is designed for Lamar to be the way Lamar is. Yeah. So it's hard for, because it's like you're taking that away from him at the same time. That's what I hate because. It's where, for me, he got the MVP, but it's for you where it should be kind of not considered because Russell doesn't have that type of offense designed around him, doesn't have those weapons to be able to work with. He's just doing it on the fly. Yeah, he's just I, he's doing more or less. I I don't know, man. I No matter what you say and That's just me, how I assign value for that. I got what you're saying. Lamar, for me, though, had to get it, but we'll move on. Yeah, but I would say I'll give Jackson an offensive player. He was offensively with the amount of touchdowns he threw, how great he was as a runner, how many broken tackles. Offensively, he accumulated the most yards, the most points, and so I would, I would name him offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year should probably go to... Michael Thomas, because um, he called a bunch of seven-yard passes. Isn't that good? Isn't that what people want? Offensive player of the year should go to Teddy Bridgewater. No, Michael Thomas won offensive player of the year, actually. That's who won it. Because he broke the catch record. right? He broke the catch record. Who cares? (laughs) He caught a bunch of seven-yard passes. Tired of the Saints, man. Uh, Defensive player, I have Stephen Gilmore. Because the Patriots have the best pass defense. He took away entire third of the field every single game. I know he faltered down the stretch. And the Patriots' pass defense kind of faltered down the stretch, too. But, I mean, he locked down a wide variety of wide receivers and was great for, like, 14 weeks of the season. And there wasn't, like, that slam dunk pass rusher I think you could put over him this year. I don't know who I actually would have picked for Defensive Player of the Year because nobody really jumped off the screen, I would say. Hell, whenever it came, you would really pick Gilmore over everybody else? Yeah. Wait, there's one more corner I'm not thinking of here. Who was the other one that was competing with New England's Gilmore? Tredavis White probably in Buffalo. Who's the one that shut down Michael Thomas? For I'm trying damn it. 
It was the one where Michael Thomas was talking. No, whatever. We'll move on. Who was the defensive player of the year? I think it was Gilmore. Was it? I think. I so. don't think I would give it to him. I'm trying to think of somebody else, but I again, mean, the best pass rushers were off. Chandler Jones, Shaq Barrett, and Zadarius Smith. You know, and like, I'm not giving it to you. Are you yeah. gonna name any of those guys that really dominant? I'm I mean, not. I think I think of all of them, Zadarius Smith was probably the most dominant. No, like Jones you, gets a lot of sacks, but I think Smith impacts the game in a wide variety of ways. Man, I got nothing for this because it's like what you're even saying. I guess I would agree with Gilmore if you're talking about what what just kind of transpired where the player was able to shut down just something because pass rate, nobody jumps off. Nobody yeah. does anything consistent this year. Yeah, I mean, Jones almost broke the sack record because he had four game, He had four sacks I think, in Week 16. It doesn't. Yeah, okay. Uh, so offensive, defensive rookie, I have Josh Jacobs yeah. and then Nick Bosa. I would say I agree with that entirely. Would you, would you put Kyler over Jacobs? No, and I was so mad because he won the award over Jacobs. When Jacobs was the one that was playing with the injury the whole time, he was so much more impressive. Yeah. I, I don't know because nobody expected Oakland to be good, and Josh Jacobs, whenever he destroyed Chicago, because he destroyed Chicago, that was the most impressive thing, and I felt like, damn, nobody expected a rookie running back to be able to do that. Going into that game, everybody expected running backs to be shut down. Jacobs proved otherwise. Kyler was okay. Are you that impressed by him? Are you like, man, he's going to be something. He didn't have a better season than Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott. Yeah, not better than Dak. I think he was better than Carson. Well, I think he's probably about as good as Carson. I don't know. Considering all the injuries, Carson. I mean, if you don't think about all the injuries, they probably about the same low performance. I mean, the biggest thing with Kyler is he takes so many sacks, and he actually... Didn't go down every time it's my close him towards the end of the year. And so I think if he improves the sack rate. better than Daniel Jones. I think he's going to be good. Whatever. Danny Dimes is better. <laughs> nah, I come back, I have Travis Frederick. Come on, come back is Tannehill. Stop what it. What did he come back from? Stop it. What, what did he come he back from? He came back because everybody, okay, nobody wanted him. And everybody kind of just threw him to the side thinking he wasn't going to be something. It's like... And that the Miami was very telling of the type of player he was going to be. You are a hater, too. No, I mean, it's just like, let's say... Matt, he has a nickname now. Ryan the Camp. It's like if Lil Wayne has a bad album, and then he comes back with a really good album. It's like, man, y'all count me out. I'm coming back. (laughs) It's like, no, you were bad. This is all your fault. You didn't come back from anything. This is just, you did something bad, now you did something better. Um, So, I mean, I think Frederick, because he lost like 55 pounds, and... His entire immune system was broken down, and he came back to be one of the you know best centers in football immediately. Yeah, and I um, miss watching him play in general. Yeah, um, no, I'm not gonna. Okay. Yeah, we're not. No. Yeah, I don't. I, I still. Abs- I would still like to know on. what Tanhill came back from. What do you mean he came? Back? Adam Gase's offense. He came back from being thrown to the side. How about that? He came back from the streets. Okay. I think he really just came back from Adam Gase. Is all that happened. Uh, so, coach of the year, I have Kyle Shanahan. Do you go Harbaugh or do you go uh, Shanny? No, I don't. Oh, wait, wait. Coach of the year? Yeah. Yeah, it's Shanny. Okay. Yeah, me too. Again, yeah, except I for think... when it comes to Super Bowl, he doesn't know what to do. No, I think he did fine. No, he didn't. I Stop he did it. We're, it's another argument for another day. But no, Kyle was the MVP, coach of the year, up until the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and the executive of the year, at Brandon Bean, who's the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. No, it's GM of uh, 49ers, whatever his you name is. You have John is. Lynch. Yeah, John Lynch for sure. I don't know what he really did last year, though. They pretty much have the same team. He just got D Ford. I was about to say, it's still the defensive side. He signed Quan Alexander. Because no matter what you can say about Kyle Shanahan, about him being he drafted like, Bosa. on the offensive, 
he the GM, but the defensive side is still so damn good. Yeah, but I think their defensive side was great after like hey, an accumulation hey, of years. Hey, you have your guy. I have my guy. That's fine. Who won it? I don't know. You I don't, don't even care. know who won executive of the year. We operate in a bubble here. We don't care. We don't allow outside influences to poison. It's fair. Poison it's this, fair, this pure and wholesome thing that we have. We don't like others' opinions. Not no, on this show. Get those out of here. Don't poison my we, brain with that nonsense. So, what the real show is our own individual awards. These awards are much cuter. They're much funner. Oh, yeah. Much better. Oh, so much, much better overall. Completely. I wish I had more time to think about this, but these are good. So, the first award we have here is from you. You have the most overrated player. So Do you, do you want me to do mine or do yeah, you want you to do yours? It's, all right. No, we'll go like, we'll do that one, then I'll do one of mine, and we'll kind of do back and okay. forth like that. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So, for me... So you're you're uh, your first player right now. So this is it's this easy. The most overrated player of the 2019 NFL season is Dak Prescott. Wow. It is Dak freaking Prescott. And so I could go I can go a long time here if you really want me to go off, but this is really why he is the most overrated player for my 2019 NFL season. This man is saying that he's already going to be holding out for a contract for next year. It disgusts me. I do not care if he had 30 <laughs> touchdowns, 11 interceptions, almost 5,000 yards. He had 4,900, I believe. You, not as good as Jameis. Gross. Get that out of my face. Well, First I'm just of saying, all, I'm about to go, I'm saying, and you're throwing Jameis right I'm saying now? Jameis threw for 5,200 yards. You know, Dak I, should really throw for We'll talk yards about then. the interceptions then. But with Dak, it's three games that stand out to me more than anything. It's Philly at TN this season. It's Chicago, and it was the Jets. The Jets game was disgusting because you didn't show up to beat a team that had not won a game before you. And you put this on Dak, or do you put this I on put the I put this Cowboys? on Dak because you're the quarterback where you just decided to show up in the fourth quarter, where everything that you did, it was 277 yards, uh, one TD is where his stats for this game. And what a lot of people blamed it on was Amari Cooper being able to lead the game. I do not give a crap. And Michael Gallup dropping passes. Ma- and there was five drop passes and they were all in on the New ro- York Jets And they were game. on the road, all three of those games. I, it doesn't matter to me. 24-22. No. Are you the guy? Dak, this, this is why I brought up to the very beginning of him holding down the contract. This is why I brought up most overrated of 2019. You want to get paid most quarterback money of all time. You want to be the number one guy. This is the games you win. So first one, Jets. Second one, Chicago. What a disgusting display on Thursday night. Defense made Mitchell Trubisky look like he was Lamar Jackson. No doubt in my mind. But still, once again, Dak Prescott, opening drive, touchdown. After that, punt, punt, field goal, punt, punt. What the hell, man? Bears have a good defense. Uh, It doesn't matter. You're the guy. Josh Jacobs and the Oakland Raiders beat the Chicago Bears. In London. And he still did it with Derek Carr. Doesn't matter. These are the games. If you want to be the guy, you have to win these games. And don't even get me started on that Philly game. You want to try to tell me that because they were away, that wasn't on Dak? That's a bunch of BS for me. I, I that mean, game is on Dak. Yeah, he was bad the first half. You missed so many passes. Even in the second half, when all Philly wanted Dallas to do, just win the game, guys. Our secondary is so bad. Every quarterback before Dak was able to destroy that secondary. The moment he shows up, he can't do anything. Throwing balls over the top, throwing balls behind, under, whatever. 
the Tavon Austin throw is my prime example. Yeah. You want to be the guy? Then make that damn throw. He is my overrated of 2019. And Gallup dropped a bad one, too. Doesn't matter. I'm tired of hearing that excuse. Well, make I mean, better like, throws. Yeah, for sure. He was bad that game. So tired of the excuse. I do excuse. think if Gallup catches that pass, it kind of changes things, too. Still tired of the excuse. Yeah. Now, I mean, it. I just think over the course of the season, Dak was one of the best quarterbacks in the you league. You want to pay him $40 million a year? No, I don't really want to pay anybody $40 million a year. Yeah, well, you're going to have that. No matter what, you're stuck with that. I mean, the reason why I love Dak is mainly because that game against Minnesota was one of the best quarterback performances of the year. He was so good against yeah, the Vikings Yeah, and that's why that they took the ball out of his hands and they gave it well, to yeah. Zeke instead. But that's what I mean. And they kept Even against to the Minnesota game, that little throw out to the left, uh, that was just like flat-footed everything. Didn't even look like he cared about that throw. It bothers me. If you're the guy, change the damn play. Ignore the coach. You want to be the guy that gets paid $40 million? You do those things. So I, just be uh, insubordinate? I, that's what you want to see? Well, apparently he was going to be insubordinate to a coach that was fired. So I don't think it really would have been a problem. Yeah. I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of the overrated for this year. And I'm tired of people thinking that Dak was great. It was garbage. And the garbage I, time He was great show. last year. I know you did. He was That's great. why I bring it up. It was garbage time. Um, All the stats are phony, bro. I mean, bruh, a lot of them bruh, came... Bruh, sorry, bro. No, I mean, I'm not even talking just about the counting stats, but you know, even stats that just for opponent and everything else, he was one of the five best quarterbacks last year. He was garbage. Again, no, he, that's was why, great. he was great that's last year. That's why top five, no, absolutely I mean, I think not. the bigger problem was coaching and not having a cohesive game plan and everything else was why they didn't make the playoffs. He is my most overrated. That's fine. Um, but yeah, paying him $40 million is rough. I mean, he, I would think he has to take the tag, you know? You Except that he's a quarterback. Yeah, and there, well, no, he's definitely going to take the tag. The problem is, and this is where they say it's at, the cap's going up. I wonder how so, Well, yeah, it goes up every year. And well, they say it's apparently going to get crazy here in the next couple. So that's what Dak's contract apparently is going to be sick. And so, the, and so we have a recession yeah. and then people well, no, the lockout's going to happen. There's so going to be a lockout. Well, you know what the other thing makes me mad too? It's like, um, some I retired from the NFL. It was like, he made this much over his career. This part in baseball made this much last season. You know how many baseball games they play? Oh yeah. yeah. 180. If you make the play, if you make the championship, you know how many football games they play 16. It's my, an entirely different my, you know, my level dad and I of labor. Have the same argument with it's like, it yeah, too. you should get paid more in baseball. The money's there, and you're playing 162 times. However, do you agree with this? Their contract should be guaranteed. I think so. That's it. That's it for me. I agree with the I think, pay. I, I agree think with the, the structures, but guaranteed. They should do the structuring of it for the cap, but the team should have to pay it all no matter yeah. what is how they should do it. Yeah, but they, yeah. they can do that weird stuff just to help with the cap, salary cap portion of it. See, and that's where I'm at with it. Everything else, I agree with you. The amount of games, all of that, cool. But the cutting and then the not being able to get paid and things like that, that's when it gets a little bit cheap for me with those guys. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this, and they all should also pay for their entire healthcare. Uh, healthcare even if you play, better. even if you're on the, you sign one day in the practice squad, they should pay for your healthcare. Yep. They make so much money. It shouldn't be a question at all. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah. Who's your most overrated? I've Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Because yeah. a lot, a lot of things that I didn't like Rodgers is a good, he's a, Really good, not great quarterback anymore. He can be really good at times. He still makes like really obscene throws. He still is mobile enough to make plays happen on the run. Um, he still makes like those obscene sort of things only he does. But like over the course of the entire season, there's so many like so many halves. You're like, what is this? And also, so much of his offense too is throwing the ball to running backs, throwing screen passes, 
throwing out play action. Like a lot of these throws, like yeah, I watched Kirk Cousins do this fifteen times. If Devontae's not open downfield, and if Devontae's not healthy, is a big thing too. Yeah, but I mean, like he did have a, I don't think necessarily a bad season for what he was given this year with Devontae being hurt and them not having very much wide receiver talent. And whenever I watched him that San Francisco game, was like, yeah, they used the first round pick with Sean Gary, and they could have drafted AJ Brown or DK Metcalf or one of these other really good rookie wide receivers who would have helped them this year. And maybe Gary becomes good, who knows? But you know, they spent that money for edge rushers, signed him too, and he didn't do anything at all last year. Uh, but my thing is that going to that San Francisco game, a lot of people picked the Packers to win because like Rodgers is spectacular. He's going to do it. He's not going to oh, let Green Bay lose no. to San Francisco. No, he's really good, but he's not incredible. Going in yeah. It was just like, this is overrated Green Bay team. And the 49ers, we even both picked that yeah. they would cover. That the points would be because the only thing that we actually were right on too. Because it was so obvious what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah, no, for sure. And so, I mean, I think just the image and the name he provokes um, does a lot of different things. But yeah, he's like the 12th best quarterback. He's not the fifth best quarterback anymore. He's not the best quarterback in the league anymore. He's 35 too. He's going to be 36 next season. Um, even if they get, and like, I think if they sign another receiver and like a tight end who's not bad, unlike Jimmy Graham, and they're not throwing flat routes to Mercedes Lewis and stuff, they could have a, a good offense, a better offense next year. And I would also kind of rope Matt LaFleur into that too. All of his off his offenses before Green Bay were bad. So you look at what the simple. difference between Tennessee last year and this year. Look at um like all of the just like the running times that he's run it. Also he coached for Shanahan, he coached for LaFleur, he coached for really great offensive coordinators. What what did he do? What was he what was his role as offensive coordinator, you know, in other situations? Who knows? And I mean, I think they had a good their attack was balanced last year, but the difference between him and Kyle Shanahan is like a, I don't know. One it was between a like a, dad, a black a black doesn't. belt, a black belt, and like a blue belt. You know, like they're in, he's not even in the same universe at all, even though they run the sim- very similar offense. I think one has a dad that helps and well, no, like Lafleur up the plan. Lafleur's like great grandpa was like there. His whole his whole all of his parents were coaches. His great grandpa played in the Super like two or whatever. All those coaches have some sort of connection with their family. You know, <laughs> amateur hour, I say. So my first award I have here is cold hard fact, which is uh, my favorite statistic. And so I have a few. You want me to give you? You want me to build up to it? Let me build, be fast. Right, be fast. All right, go ahead. So go my ahead, first one: up. Kansas City came back in the postseason, twenty to ten, thirty-one twenty, and de- or down seventeen seven, down twenty ten, down twenty four zero. After these, after they fell behind, they went on uh, three different comebacks in the Super Bowl. They outscored their opponent hundred to fourteen after they fell behind over these three games. Uh, also, passing the ball is a lot better than running the ball. So, t- quarterbacks this year on pass, or on every pass play, teams average 7.2 yards in attempt, uh, completion percentage of 63.5%, the run game averaged 4.3 yards a carry, which is a difference of, you know, 3.9 yards a play, throwing compared to running. Also, Baltimore had an all-time great running offense. They led the league in rushing DVOA at 21.1%. There were nine passing offenses with a higher DVOA, including San Francisco, the Chargers, Oakland, and Tennessee. And this is the difference between, like, would you say Oakland's a great passing offense? No, it's efficient. It is effective. Because so, they don't really have weapons. Yeah, who, and they didn't have, yeah. and, that's, and even that, they were more efficient per play than Baltimore's rushing offense was this year. Ooh. Then also, Watson, so the Texans trade for Larry Tunsil, you know, you know that. And everybody's like, who? I don't understand the Miami Dolphins. Why would they trade Laramie Tunsil for two first-round picks and second-round pick? 
Deshaun Watson sack rate last year was 8.2%. You know what Ryan Fitzpatrick was in Miami? Ooh, is it? 7.4%. I was about to say, is it lower? 7.4%. But you have to get Tensel so Washington, Watson but Deshaun doesn't also runs around. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, mean it's, he, a, it's a quarterback-driven stat, but I just wanted to point out the fact that it's more than one player to have a good pass protection. Watson was still sacked 40-plus times this year. And Tunsil, I think, allowed six by uh, the sack tracker on the website. He also refuses to throw the ball away. And that's why they win games, though. Yeah, I know, but that's also why he gets sacked Yeah, I'm just a lot. saying. I'm just saying. It's a give and take. Yeah, it was just funny listening to everybody, though. All summer, yeah, Watson can't be sacked anymore. They need to draft Tunsil. Well, also, you should develop an offense with hot routes and easy passes, and they never do that at all. And lastly, my favorite stat, since Ryan Tannehill became the quarterback, the Tennessee Titans, they had a touchdown rate of 86.3%. They kicked two field goals in the red zone with him as quarterback. They had two fumbles. I think he threw three interceptions as well. But the Titans' offense was spectacular because he was all in max, throwing touchdowns in the red zone, which includes things like hitting Anthony Ferkser for two pl- two touchdowns in the postseason and so many and like Derrick Henry jump passes and then running the speed option and a wide variety of just like really dumb things. And that was the main reason why the Titans offense was so great. Dude, so you're a big Ryan the Cannon fan I see there. So that's good. I'm actually happy. I really like that. That's my stat. favorite stat. Uh my favorite stat, I'm taking more of the depressing route as usual. It's that the Dallas Cowboys were 0 for eight when trilling in uh halftime. That's good. So that's my favorite <laughs> cold hard fact of the entire season is that the Dallas Cowboys are so terrible that you know that if they are losing at halftime, you could turn the game off because they're not going to win. Yeah. I hate this team so much. I don't understand. You know how hard that is to do? That they were set, what was it? I think it was like 7-1 and one or whatever whenever they were leading and then they were 0-8. Oh that's pathetic. I think it's coaching. I hate this team so much. 2019 was a rough year, man. Yeah. And Pretty sure they, I became an alcoholic they, every Sunday night. They didn't even beat, I think they only beat one team by, that was a, above 500 last year, right? I was Philly. Yeah. I think it was Philly that was it. and that's the only thing and yeah. that was in like week four or something. Yeah. Or I think they're gonna be six, whatever. Week I, eight, whatever. I think they're gonna be a playoff team next year just by you know regression purposes. Yeah, you would think. I don't believe in them. Piece they of have crap. a ton of cap space too. Everyone's like predicting early predictions are Kansas City and Dallas in the Super Bowl next year. <sighs> whatever. Oh, bring it on! I mean, we all know it's gonna be Buffalo versus Tampa next year. Oh, by the way, my <laughs> honorable mention for most overrated was Josh Allen. I forgot to mention that. No, I think I think he's underrated for sure. Because the people like you can't truly capture a, capture his beauty. Um, your next stat, your next award here is finish him for the perfect inning. So what's your what's your fatality here? So my fatality. Well, I guess it'd be footballality, footballity. Yeah, footballity, footballity, yeah, footballity. We'll, we'll we'll call it that. Let's but go I, I would say that my favorite finishing moment has to be the Chicago Bears versus the Denver Broncos. And that was with oh, uh, the clock that didn't the go clock down. debacle, and that was with the field goal to win the game. Where what everything transpired was Denver had the lead. Mitchell Trubisky then got the ball. Denver got called for a roughing the passer. That was not roughing the passer. Trubisky then on 4th and 15 made the throw. Set them up with 0 and 1 second left. And they kicked the field goal to beat the Broncos. And I'll always remember the Denver Broncos coach and his face. And I can just still see it. Dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Huh? Yeah, that's a throwback. That was like week four. Yeah. 
Because so, I think Denver started off 0-4. And I think the Bears were about to go 1-3 at that point. That was my favorite fatality moment. Yeah. How about debacality? Does that work? I guess. Uh, maybe. I don't think so. Yeah. I have Super Bowl 54. Just the Chiefs comeback down, yeah, that, down my 10. That's not even that impressive. No, I mean, it just... Thanks, Kyle, for not running it. It was just Kansas. Thanks, Kyle, for throwing it over 30 times with Jimmy G. Thank God he's a passer. It was just Kansas City you know, being Kansas City. And they were they were great from the loss to Tennessee on. They did what they did for the entire postseason. It was very circular. And uh and again like throwing the ball is better than running the ball. The Chiefs Whatever. actually attacked them downfield. They what? ran more vertical offensive plays. Whatever. It was fun. Unless you're throwing the ball with Jimmy G, then it's not better to throw the ball than to run the yeah. ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's but better if you have, have like Patrick Mahomes. If you have a top eight quarterback, there's no question. Yeah. My my next award here is my eye, which is my favorite aesthetic. Of course. You did this last year, by the way. I'll do it every year. So the, aesthetic. This one is against Carolina Green Bay. I think that was the first snow game. It was dark at like 3.30. Carolina's season ended because Christian McCaffrey, little, sad little Christian McCaffrey couldn't get one yard uh, with the game ending. But watching the snow like slowly get heavier and heavier up there, and then also the players kept getting wetter and wetter as the snow melts in their pads. And Ron Rivera started off with like a hoodie and a hat. And then the hoodie came down because I guess his hoodie got soaked. And then he just kept stuffing towels into his hoodie. And so by the end of the game, he had eight towels in his jacket. And it was like one of those camouflage jackets too. Yeah, so my favorite thing this year was Ron Rivera with eight towels stuffed in his hoodie as the snow was falling over Green Bay. And, uh, and sad little Christian McCaffrey couldn't get the one yard. See, my my favorite aesthetic, it's not really like a moment in an NFL game. It's just period, end of story, everything that has to do with Sunday Night Football. Oh, you like the broadcast. It's like everything where the moment the music starts, the moment you see just the picture of the Sunday night. The two the guys moment, stand next to the logo. The moment you see Chris's ugly ass face, you go... It's Sunday night. When he comes sliding in. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the Chris sliding is the great. (laughs) Yeah, it's slide you Okay, if our our two million listeners need to look up the Chris sliding, it's easily one of the greatest videos I've ever watched. But that's what my favorite is. I just, I love that feeling. I have a beer in my hand. Or if I don't, I know I have to go and get Mm. one because it's Sunday nighttime. For sure. I just, it's that feeling. It's everything that has to do with it. And that's easily my favorite part of the NFL season. Yeah. Also, my favorite thing about the telecast are the sweaters they wear. The Costco ass announcers. (laughs) What I don't understand how they get away with wearing fleece pullovers. On uh, on for Sunday night football, I don't understand. They either. even, I mean, they even got John Madden's, you know, big belly into a suit every Monday night. It, <laughs> I just like it, Chris. I'm almost positive Chris tries to look like Mister Rogers, where he's just like, I, so. w- I want to be remembered. He's putting his shoes like on man. as the game starts. It's like they want Chris to have his own documentary of "Won't You Be My Broadcast." Oh, there you go. And I just, I don't. I hate Chris. Chris I like Chris. So annoying, but it's a part of the it's a part of the NFL season. Uh, I also like Al Michaels' hair. Kind of just looks like chest hair. I just like his voice. Al Michaels' voice yeah, is what I look, uh, is what I really like. But he has a, like chestnut. It looks like some they just took his chest hair off his chest and put it on his head. What did they say? It looks like what is it? What is it? It looks like a uh, meat. It looks like just a uh, red meat before it's even made. Before it gets brown. <laughs> before it even it's gets brown. brown. Meat. <laughs> that works like, too. 
Uh, and Jimmy should get some style lessons from old Tom. You see Tom with his chestnut hair in the playoffs, dyeing it, trying to get young and hot for the playoffs. Jimmy's real salt and peppery, you know? Yeah, but it's because he looks like George Clooney already. Yeah. The problem is, it's too soon. Yeah. Can't look like George right now. Hey, I mean, it happens. Some people go gray earlier than others. Yeah. Gross. Poor guy. Uh, Not really poor guy. He's completely fine. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> There's I'm nothing sure poor Jimmy is really hurting right now. Yeah, I'm sure he's very sad. Yeah. So your next award here is Best Drama. So Best Drama, I figured that it would be easy to choose like the Cleveland Browns or anything like that, but I went with the more easier mention here. Best Drama goes to Antonio Brown, and it's because... He insulted every single person of the NFL season. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's one human being he did not insult. And he even insulted me. Ins- exactly. He even told me, he tweeted me, even though I don't even have a Twitter account about your hair, saying how gross it looks that if he doesn't cut it, then he's going to become a serial killer. But Antonio Brown truly is my best drama because, Matt, when did the drama end? I mean, it's been immediate since he showed up to Oakland. That's what I mean. Like and everyone him- <laughs> keeps like, oh, it's going to go away. We're not going to hear about Antonio anymore. But then a week later, there's another report on Antonio. The, and I think the, best, the funniest thing about it is him burning his feet in a cryo chamber was the most like mundane thing that he did. And he went in <laughs> with wet socks and he was upset. And same thing with everybody being like, well, why didn't they tell him? Hold on. You are a grown man that believed that going into a chamber with cold air that is lower than below freezing. It's like negative 140 degrees. That it's okay. But you believe that as a grown man. This is okay. Yeah. And you want to blame other people. No, you can't. It I was all him. You can't. Nah, it was all him. It was just hilarious, though, that it started with when that. They showed those feet, though, in hard knocks. It was Ooh. awful. <laughs> It was I like, love his image, Shannon Sharp. I've never seen a grown-ass man's feet look like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. They look, it looked like a sunburned pig. It, it looked Just awful. its skin melting off. But, yeah, and then it went from that to... It escalated very quickly. We'll leave it as that. To throwing going. a hellman at Mike Mayock. Yeah. To being convicted of rape. What? I can't believe Or being accused of rape. He wasn't convicted. There was cracker conviction. Then there was going to New England. I completely forgot about the cracker convictions. It was so many things. And then he was yelling at the cops in his front yard. Yes. He was making... He called Juju Smith-Schuster Poo-Poo Smith-Schuster. Or Doo-Doo Smith-Schuster, I think. Which is very rude and not true. Uh, and then now he w- had to go to court, pay a $250,000 bail, and now he's meditating and he feels very sorry. And now he wants to say sorry to every NFL. Even the XFL said, we, we're not going to take him. Can't take him. Yeah. He's crazy. Who's he's, the like, one? he's like the crazy hot girl, except he's the crazy talent. No matter how talented he is, he's too crazy. And it's just all... Same the crazy hot the, girl, no matter how hot you are, you're too crazy. The worst thing about it, too, is it just makes Ben Roethlisberger look better. It does. It makes everybody in the NFL st- in the Pittsburgh Steelers, including Le'Veon, be like, "Man, you guys really weren't the." I feel sorry for you guys. I mean, they were great at the time, but yeah, like stick with Ben. Well, now you know why they didn't win. Else. Yeah, said easy. Now you know why they didn't win. Well, no, yeah. Who's your best drama though? Uh, every James Winston pass attempt. Okay. So like the three okay. most the three most exciting <laughs> okay, things I that can happen like when a quarterback throws the ball is a touchdown, <laughs> an interception, or a sack. 
Those are the three most. Those are the three most exciting things that can happen. And Winston threw this off the top of my head. I don't know if this is true or not. He threw 32 touchdowns, which was tied for second in football with Russell Wilson, because Lamar Jackson threw the most at 35. He threw 31 interceptions, which led the league by like 17. And then he was sagged 46 times. And again, I, don't quote me on this. It's give or take. I'm quoting you. Which comes out to like 145 you know, spectacular plays over the course of the season. But yeah, every time you drop back, you were either going to see the dumbest interception you're ever going to see, a spectacular downfield pass, which is the most exciting play in sports, or, you know, a really fun sack. Like all the sacks are pretty zany too. And he like tried, he kind of turned to Russell Wilson away towards the end of the year where he like would run up in the pocket with the ball low and, flip, and you know, kind of flip it over to guys and everything. But yeah, Jameis is the best drama. Usually, I would hate you for bringing up Jameis Winston, but I'll I'll, I'll give you this one. This one may even better be better than mine because you're saying that every single time he threw the ball, there was drama. Yeah, <laughs> like, I watched no twelve Bucks games this year because of him. God, but these are condensed. Nobody versions. should ever watch <laughs> the Bucks game because of Jameis. Well, these are condensed versions, so it's like the game takes thirty five uh, minutes. You know, I'll give you this one. This one you got to leg up on. Um. And, and, you know, even next year, you have Goblin, you got Evans, you got no, all these tall no, no, receivers. No, 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 Next year, Jameis should not be a starter. Let's make that very perfectly clear. You know they have the most cap space next year? Yeah, but what do you do with it? And they went 7-9. What do you do with it? Let me double check that. Real I don't know what you do with that, though. Let me check my... Are you going to pick up a QB? Let me check my if white you're them, What do you offer Tannehill if Tennessee Titans don't sign him? Tannehill will be great in Tampa. Oh, my God. He'd oh, be we can call him Ryan Tampahill. I'm not calling him right. <laughs> You're like so excited about Ryan Tampa. I'm with Ryan Tampa Hill now, but except Jameis James would be great in Arizona though. No, uh, no, no they have either. yeah, they have no, eighty four point. They have eighty five million dollars in cap space, which is third. They can cut Cameron Bright to save six more millions of dollars. Why Cameron Bright's really good? They never give him the ball enough though. <laughs> they don't do anything with their tight end. Their free agents are Pierre Paul, Shaquille Barrett, Carl Nassib, Demar Dotson, and Dominica Sue. That's a lot of defense. Brashard Perriman and old Jameis, too. Oh, no, not Jameis. Don't oh. leave us. Yeah, don't leave us, Jameis. Oh, no, Jameis. Don't leave oh, us, Jameis. No. Oh, no. But, yeah. Goodbye, Jameis. He's the best. Oh, no. Uh, so, my, my next award here is Uh-Oh, which is the worst offseason move. <laughs> and I can take this in a wide variety of ways. The Nick Foles signing didn't work. And him breaking the collarbone and everything else was you know, part of it. And their offensive line was bad. Uh, the Ezekiel Elliott signing was pretty disastrous just because of how fat he was and how long it took him to be able to even break a tackle. One of my favorite things about last season when we did the show was, guess how many tackles Ezekiel Elliott broke this week? And it was always like one mm-hmm. or zero. And it's like week 16, he broke like six. It's yeah, like, hey, keep it up. there you go. You did something. You could also say the Jadavion Clowney trade, which was, I, I mean, still unbelievably stupid and it will forever be unbelievably stupid. But I'm going to go with the Jared Goff contract. Okay, I was thinking about this one. Uh, and, so you're going to do this. And so the reason why, this was his fourth year in the league right now. They only have him for three years. They didn't need to extend him at all whatsoever. But because of the new stadium or the aesthetics, or the locker room purposes. It was to, so L.A. To get him like, yeah, he's, he's our guy. Get behind him. It's such an L.A. thing to do. They gave him four years, 134. $110 million of that is guaranteed. They can't get out of that contract until after 2022. They had to pay him 36 million this year, 32 and a half million next year, 30 and a half million the year after that. Maybe in 2022 they can get out of it. 
And this year with the Rams, it's like he's going to have to be able to attack from a spread and be able to win, actually win routes downfield, just set run play action, hit open crossing routes. And I think a really great example is week one against Carolina. The first half, they try to spread things out against Carolina. They get absolutely nothing to go and give the ball to Gurley, and they score you know, 24 points and a half or whatever it was, and they win that game. And they, he just couldn't do it. He could not win and make those tough throws downfield and operate out of a shotgun, out of a spread offense. They had to change it back to what the old style yeah. was for him to be able and to And they had to do that after losing their entire interior yeah. offensive line. Their interior offensive line became backups, back into the backups. I think another really great example of how stale that, not necessarily the offense is stale, but how redundant it is. Everybody's seen the same play so many times. Is that Chicago game? And you just watch your linebackers sit in the middle of the field and chase every crossing route. Yeah. And then Goff just rolls out to the right, can't find anybody. And that was the one game where he you know, made some throws downfield a little bit down the sideline to Higby. Because he was forced. Yeah, because he actually had to. And he yeah. hit two throws that game. That was it. Just like two. He had nothing else to do. But, uh, but yeah, it was a bad contract. And now they don't have any first-round picks for the next two seasons because they trade one for Cooks, one for Ramsey. They don't have any cap space really at all this year. And they're really kind of trapped unless Goff is going to be like a top-eight quarterback, which he has never been in his career. All right, man. So I agree with you, except I got a little better uh-oh. My uh-oh is from the Dallas Cowboys, and it ain't fat boy. Are you going to say... What do you think I'm going to say here? I know what you're going to say. Who's signing on April 2019 for $100 million with $65 million guaranteed, which is the most by any non-quarterback? His name is Demarcus Lawrence. That is the biggest uh-oh moment for me, for the Dallas Cowboys and for the entire NFL season. Because, Matt, I want you to break off something for me. How many sacks do you think Demarcus Lawrence had for the entire NFL season? I'm going to say five and a half. He had five. You overshot it with five and a half. I want to throw that out there to you. He had five total sacks for a man that was paid $65 million guaranteed, $20 million a season for five years. This is the worst thing I could have ever seen happen where we were so desperate for a defensive end where people were leaving because they just wanted to smoke weed all day. People were getting signed, wanted more money left and right, injuries. We were stuck. I didn't think we'd be stuck enough to sign something so ridiculous to where a guy had five sacks and was paid $65 million guaranteed. Yeah. So many more things could have been put more use with that type of money than to give it to freaking Demarcus Lawrence. And to listen to this man on Super Bowl week give interviews on all the other media outlets talking about, oh, we just got to get better, this, this, and this. You are dog crap. You should give some money back. Yeah. I am so tired of listening. Give some money. Why don't you try to contribute to Dak Prescott's contract? Why don't you try to give some money to somewhere else? You are worthless, and you are worthless this year. This was the biggest uh-oh for 2019. Hmm. You know, I think your ideal life would have been what was that? Like being a foreman on like a railroad being built in like the 18th century. Yeah, probably. Or like owning like a, not necessarily a ranch, but a farm in Southern California during the Dust Bowl. Yeah. And just yelling at people to, you know, cut that cabbage. So what you're saying is that I would be a slave owner. <laughs> not so a slave owner, but. You're saying 1800s owning a farm? No, but the. 19th century so yeah there's i mean there wasn't any slavery at the end of that century that's what i mean <laughs> like either the 1930s dust bowl or like on a rail railroad being bit, built in like 1895 
Hey, all I know is that is probably... You're making 25 cents today, <laughs> and you laid down four <laughs> four tracks? That's now, it. Now you're, making, see, now you're making me sound just... Too. By the way, though, I still stand by that. I paid you this money for you to give me this type of production, and you give me this? Yeah, I mean, I don't think... F you. Dude, you can go to hell. I understand where you're coming from. I mean, I think he had... I, I know he had a lot of pressures... And sacks aren't the best measure of a defensive lineman's play. He had 30 solo tackles. Yeah. I mean, he's usually better, like, better than that against the run game. Oh, okay. I don't think he was tremendous, but I think he was... Garbage. You know, he's worth $20 million a year? He he did not play up to $20 million. Okay. But you he was like... $5 million? He was like... No, he was probably like a $10 million He was not worth $10 million. Nope. Yeah. Whenever you have to consider that you keep five him for to long eight term. With that type of performance. But yeah, I mean, I think he was good. I don't think he was dog crap. That's uh-oh. I mean, he had like a lot of close plays. He wasn't as good as old Robert Quinn, though. I, that's my point of uh-oh. How Robert much Quinn are you going to pay him this offseason? Hopefully nothing. I'm tired of this because Robert Quinn got paid $5 million. He was awesome. And that's how he performed. Yeah, he was awesome. Just immediate, too, like week four when he came around, you're like, whew. I know. Thank God. Who's that? Because Marcus Lawrence wasn't doing anything. So the next award you have here is step back. So who stepped back the most this season? Actually, it's to uh, contribute off of you with what you just brought up. My biggest step back was a team here, and it's the Rams. Yeah. Because I don't know how you get better. I'm going through everything in my head here on what they can do to try to be able to improve this team. But, Matt, they don't have any draft picks. They overpaid their quarterback. They overpaid their running back, which they're already talking about trading. They're going to have to overpay Ramsey. And they've, I, I just don't know what this team is going to do because I feel like they're stuck every single way. Sean McVay may be an offensive genius, but it's still about the weapons he has to control. And I think he's stuck with only doing one type of offensive strategy because that's the only thing his quarterback can understand. And I think that's a problem for him. Yeah. I don't think I think he's a great offensive. No, line. no, me too. I think he's still a great. Yeah, I just think he's stuck too. Yeah, I think everything in LA right now is stuck with what the players and the contracts and the money they spent where, man, I don't see them making the playoffs next year because I don't see them taking a step forward and getting better. They don't like Brandon Cooks. I mean, that I don't know what well, the hell that is. I mean, he had a bunch of head injuries. Yeah, but even with throwing the ball, McVay on the sidelines is yelling at him. I don't know if it's Cooks. It could be Cooks, but it, it just doesn't seem like it's a good fit anymore. Yeah. I mean, I he didn't, he didn't, well, you also have a quarterback who's bad throwing the ball. And that's the other too. side of it. It just goes back to who is controlling these weapons. And it's and, he, an and also, Goff guy. can't really deal with pressure all that well also. He can't deal with anything. And Whitworth is 38. He had a down year. Um, Havenstein is their only really good offensive lineman they had this season. They used, I think, like six different interior blockers too. Uh, the whole thing was rough for him. But that's what I mentioned with biggest setback for this year. After not making the playoffs and making the Super Bowl the year prior, I feel like this is going to be a very close resemblance of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. One, this, I mean, this tends to happen to teams who lose the Super Bowl. Uh, I really can't wait to bet against the Niners next year. Mm. It's going to be fun. But that's because of Jimmy J. It's going back to the who's controlling the offense. Yeah. You can do so much, but if people are just taking away the run and doing what you just stated before we started the show, Taylor, they had one safety and the Super Bowl just standing back. So you telling me that, would other teams just do that? Yeah. They every, just say, Jimmy, throw the ball. And Jimmy, I think, was 0 for 4 with the interception right. on throws over 20 yards. That's and, the thing. It's like, Jimmy, go ahead. Yeah. No, they, I mean, they, they begged him to. And like the one hours run game, looking at it, it wasn't, it was 
good yards per attempt wise. Good enough. But they well they had five carries over ten yards. It was Debo. But the Chiefs were able to force a lot of unsuccessful runs. So they had a lot of runs from one yard, two yards, one yard because they had eight guys in the box and man every gap. You know, yeah. and all their good runs were outside the box. They were getting out on the edges. And so I don't even think their run game was even that great from efficiency and like what you need to get first down standpoint too. Um, Los Angeles real fast. They have $20 million in cap space right now, which is 25th. They did get $4.25 million because Eric Well retired. They're free agents. Blake Bortles, Dante Fowler. And Fowler had almost 10 sacks from last year. Andrew Whitworth's a free agent. He's a left tackle. They don't, say they have, to do they don't have a left tackle and the wings yeah. waiting to replace him. Also, Michael Brockers is a free agent. He was their run stopper as well. Was really good being one versus one blocks that he got because Aaron Donald was double teamed so often. Corey Littleton's a free agent. He's their best coverage linebacker, one of the best <laughs> linebackers in football. Even Greg Zerline's a free agent. And then it's one of the best kickers, too. Yeah. And then they could also cut Clay Matthews and Roby Coleman should. to create $7.5 billion in cap space. But you're looking at still not much. You're looking here at $30 million, and you kind of have what you have right now with it. That's what I'm saying. And they also they didn't keep Wade Phillips, which is weird, because they still had a top seven defense with Wade. That's stupid that they didn't keep Wade. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Um, my biggest step back, so the New Orleans Saints, they were 2-1 and one with Drew Brees as their quarterback. They did a step back, though. And then Teddy Bridgewater came in. He was 5-0. and Oh, <laughs> no, that's a step Every back, single, though. as soon as they took him out, the biggest step back this league, what in the league this year, was ever they went from Drew Brees to Teddy Bridgewater. You know who can deal with the Vikings pass rush and deal with interior pressure and step and make plays with his feet? Teddy Bridgewater. You know who beats the Vikings in the postseason? Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. You know who I beats the Falcons? I don't disagree with that at all. By you know, the way, you know, and the other I fu- really don't. I think the funniest thing too about you know the Saints season last year is that lost to the Falcons, where they just couldn't deal with interior pressure at all. And the Vikings, that's how they beat them. They use their defensive ends to generate interior pressure because Breeze can't deal with it all. But also, all the Saints fans are like, who cares? It I doesn't know, matter. I know. It Every doesn't matter. One of them are they, just such cocky dudes. Well, because they lost to the Falcons, they lost their first round bye. And they had to play the Vikings, and they got upset in the playoffs because of it. But that's why, going back to what you even were stating about Aaron Rodgers, dude, Green Bay was so lucky. Like, everything just Fell into their laps on yeah. their seeding everything because of worst thirteen and three team I've ever seen. Yeah, worst. But yeah, the biggest setback this year is going from Drew, going from Teddy Bridgewater. So, to but for you though to kind of go off this point here, so do you think Saints are going to take a like a step back next year? Then I always pick them not to make the playoffs, and they always make the playoffs next year. Maybe a different story. I think I they're may gonna, agree with you. If I, Drew is starter, I don't see it. I think they'll probably win like ten games, and Tampa wins the division. Okay, stop. You're not saying Tampa. I think Atlanta's I never want to hear those words out of your mouth unless you're going to pick them before the well, season starts. I'm like 9% sure I'm pick them next year because they have cap space. You're like 5%. They have draft capital. Well, and they should have an easier schedule Dude, next year, phony. too. You're a big You did this to me last season. I'm not following And so I saw how tough the schedule was. But I am disappointed that I didn't pick the over for them. That was very cowardice, and uh, I am upset. Such a coward. I didn't do that. But, yeah. Also, I think Atlanta's going to be good next year, too. They can... Get some. Nope. They were good in the year. They were pretty. They were like a mediocre team that are going to have a top ten draft pick. Whatever. So the last award we have here is a sorted hipster award, which is your favorite, like unknown thing or unknown player. Oh, you want me to go on this one? Yeah. All right, man. I got Rasheem Mozart. Okay. Like I, I really do only because what a great year. 
I mean, for a guy that really was undrafted, going from team to team to team, I think he was like on seven or eight six teams. Six different teams. Oh, it was six? Oh, it was more than that. I just, I was really extremely impressed where, sure, at the beginning of the season, he didn't get a lot of action, but as the season went on, they just trusted him more and more. But even going in, I thought it'd be Coleman all day with Brita being the backup where it wouldn't be anybody else touching the ball. I think I even said that Coleman being a fantasy guy would be stupid if nobody takes him. But Mo- Rasheed Moser was the guy. Yeah. And especially when it came to the Super Bowl, you didn't give him the ball. You didn't give him the chance to be the guy. And that's what I think hurts the most. But I think it's going to be fun. I feel like this is a great fit for the 49ers to have a guy like this. And I still see him sticking around and not finally jumping to another team. I, he is my definitely my biggest unknown, and I'm pumped. And the Damian Williams story with him was really cool. Whenever they switched yeah. jerseys, Damian Williams on Jimmy Kimmel said, yeah, I'm second-guessing it. And Moser was like, yeah, I was thinking about putting it on eBay, but I decided to give it back because, you know, it means more to you. <laughs> like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. He seems like a down-to-earth guy that knows how hard he worked to get to the position he is. And I feel like he found a great spot. He yeah. is my unknown. Well, and that's what kind of makes that offensive great. That offense great is that they can put anybody as their yeah. running back. And they like Brita, if he well, was semi the quarterback, well, too. Well, Brita averages like 7.8 yards a carry, and he's never healthy enough to to stick in. Also, Jared McKinnon's come back next year. Are you hey, ready Matt, for that? Quick question before we jump two years. Uh, if Mullins was a starter in the Super Bowl, would they have won? No, I don't think so. What about Beat Hard? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you no longer on beat hard. I just, I just like saying beat hard. I just like too. But yeah, they have twenty million dollars in cap space. But they have a team. Their weakest link is their quarterback. I still thing. can't believe they can sh- they can save twenty two point four I mean. million. Do this. I saw some idiot. Well, not idiot's the wrong thing to say. Uh, some stupid. It's just whenever I read something on the internet, I automatically think it's gonna be dumb. But it's more of a personal issue than this person actually being an idiot. I don't even know who even wrote it, but it's like. Well, the four nars could save you know twenty five million dollars. Whatever it's twenty two point four million though exactly. If they were to cut or trade Garoppolo, and they could upgrade the quarterback position, sign some more like Kirk Cousins. Could you imagine that? The Niners go from Garoppolo to Kirk Cousins to try to win a Super Bowl, and the exact same thing happens all over again. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> After seeing what Kirk does in the playoffs again, it's like it's the exact same thing. But. Drew Brees wasn't much better than these guys either. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's the same a, thing where it's like it's a switch that turns on in the negative way with these guys. Oh, no. Oh, no. Flip switch. Oh, no. This is even worse than I thought. And it's panic mode. Yeah. Well, and the Brees thing kind of reminded me of whenever Jacoby. It was like whenever Jacoby Brissett had to come in through a Hail Mary for Andrew Luck and pretty much, you know, cuck him in a way because Luck was just come back from his injury and wasn't healthy enough to throw it downfield. It was the same thing with Breeze in the postseason where he can't throw the ball downfield to the sideline. So Taysom Hill has to come in and take out his laundry and make the sideline throw. Uh, I really wish you could see Taysom Hill in Greg Roman's offense. Just make him the head coach, sign Taysom Hill, and do this in like, I'm trying to think of a really boring team. Put Sean Payne on Dallas Cowboys, I agree. I was going to say Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's not boring anymore now that Joe Burrow's going there. No, we'll send McCarthy that way. We'll take Maybe Sean Detroit. That's what I want to see Taysom Hill in Detroit with Greg Roman as the head coach. That sounds terrible. And then send Matthew Stafford to like <sighs> Indianapolis. Matthew Stafford deserves like a statue built in his name. Yeah. He's a man. Mason in Indianapolis. So my sort of hipster, I didn't go with a specific player. I went with like two, I guess, sort of plays. 
my first one is Tennessee running weak side Wait, outside zone. What the zone. hell do you mean you went with plays? You said most underrated guy hipster. Yeah, and then I decided to even become oh, more of a hipster. Okay. You changed your own award. <laughs> yeah, I decided to become more of a hipster and really hipster the hipster Good award. God. Uh, but one of the things that Tennessee was really fun to watch, they did. Like their run game really wasn't creative. It was inside zone and outside zone. And then being creative was like, oh, we'll just put three tight ends to the right. And we'll run outside zone. <laughs> That's our creativity. And, uh, and like, you know, in between the numbers. But my favorite creative thing that they kind of did was run outside zones to the weak side, to the left side. And that was to Taylor Luan and Roger Saffold's side. And Saffold was kind of bad whenever Luan was dealing with suspension to start the year. And then once they got working together around, like, week 10, I mean, they were just, they were cannibalizing defenders. Um, they were both just nasty and you're know, just demolishing everybody on the weak side zone. And you can just see Henry just you know, hit that cutback over and over again, getting you know, eight yards, 12 yards um, on those plays. And then my second thing here, which is 1B, is San Francisco's in-the-round plays, just because I liked how they used Kyle Juszczyk and Greg Kittle, where it's they start off as either the tight end or the fullback, and they run this way, the handoff, and then as soon as you know Samuel gets the reserve, they cut and then run back around as a lead blocker. And it works every time. It's you know Kittle actually did you know Samuel was the best rushing wide receiver in football. He was first in DYAR, second DVOA, and he averaged thirteen point five yards oh. a carry in the Super Bowl and eleven point nine yards a carry in the regular That's season. So amazing. So you know what you really do is that whenever the fourth quarter hits in the Super Bowl, you don't give him the ball again. Just run into rounds the that's entire what you, time. That's what you do. You just don't give him the ball yeah, at all I, in the fourth quarter. But don't the, you dare. But don't then, you dare defend this. This is what I mean about Kyle Shanahan blowing the game. You had a great game plan, and then you don't give Debo the ball again. But then you have to worry about getting out of bounds, and Bro, then I'm you stop the clock and everything There's else. There's still six minutes left, and you didn't give him the ball again. Instead, you wanted to go pass, pass, pass. I can't, I'm f- like, I'm fine with the play calling. I just play calling. I, Jimmy G isn't good. My dad, I'll always remember doing this. They lost because of Garoppolo, not because of Shanahan. Well, wait. No, it's both. Because it's Shanahan trusting Jimmy G to feel like that he was that guy, which Jimmy G is not that guy. That's the issue. That goes hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, it's not Kyle's fault that Jimmy is that th- bad. It's Kyle's fault for trusting Gra- Jimmy. He's handing Garoppolo the, the, exactly. the failure baton. But Your quarterback has to be better. But he didn't hand them the baton. To your point, by the way, which is what I even brought up to other people, which I agree with you entirely. It's unfair for Kyle during the entire playoffs to go, I don't trust you, Jimmy. We're going to throw eight times. Everybody else is going to run the ball. And then in the Super Bowl go, Jimmy, I trust you to make this throw now. Well, you didn't. Now you're trusting a guy to do something that he didn't do all postseason. Yeah. And now you're just saying, you better do this. That, to your point, when you stated at the end of the Super Bowl, I can't agree with that. That's unfair to Jimmy. You, you're unfair to that guy. Did you even work on that? Or were you guys just working on your offensive play calling, running the ball, which is what you've done the entire postseason that got you to this point? Yeah. I don't know, man. That was trusting Jimmy too much. Yeah, I understand. It's a real chicken or the egg thing. It is. It really is. Or chicken or the dinosaur thing. It proves, though, that uh, whatever Bill Belichick was thinking, though, with Jimmy, Jimmy's not Tom. No. Oh, my God, no. No. Jimmy is... Jimmy did not look good. I had a bad game. Yeah, I mean, 
but even in all postseason, the fact that you don't really have a game that you can point to with Jimmy besides your Arizona games. And the New Orleans uh, game. And the New Orleans with Kittle really making the play to win. Well, yeah, but he and was And that defense giving that. up everything under the sun. But he was still really good before that. You're giving me three games, two of which are against the same team. Yeah, yeah. I'm not giving you a lot here. You're not giving me a lot out of an entire NFL season, one in which the well, team went to the Super Bowl, and, and you're giving me three. And the weird thing about it, too, is that once he threw that pick against Minnesota, Shane was like, no, we're not doing no, this. We're done. We're done here. We're done with this. And, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. He'll be fine, though. He'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. So that's our that's our show for tonight. That's the 2019 NFL Season Awards. Next week, we'll be back with the Houston Texans 2019 Season Awards, and we'll start the Houston Texans season review. Because, look, football's good. Even though the Texans are dumb and whatever, football's still fun. And so I know the Texans season's been over with for three weeks or so now, maybe a month now, since they blew a 24-0 lead to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we'll do a season review next week, and then we'll start the offseason free agency preview sort of thing. But we'll do a show next week. I want to do the quarterback carousel next week, though. That's fine. You just tell me what to do. All I know is I hear a lot of Houston fans are really excited about Bill O'Brien for next year, so that's really what I'm pumped about. I want to talk a lot about Bill. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. It's been the same conversation for, I don't know, four, years, he is? four years now. <laughs> four, five Eight. I don't know. The one thing I keep thinking about is remember last summer we watched that Cowboys Houston game. Dude, we're gonna do that again. Yeah, we'll find another one to watch. First one. But that game was from 2014, and Bill O'Brien was making the same clock management issues, the same fourth down issues in that game that he's still making. They still doing today. Like yeah. the exact type of even facial expressions, exact type of play. It's funny that you brought that because we watched both. <laughs> exact even mannerisms are the same thing that he does in those games. Yeah. Scary. The other thing that was kind of weird about his mannerisms in the Kansas City game, they went up real big. He went, he's, even been, he's like trying to calm himself down on the sidelines. Like, dude, act like you've been here. He was trying not to premature ejaculate yeah. on the sideline. It's like, just deep breaths. Just deep breaths. You got this, Bill. Yeah. You got this. You're the big Really guy. inspiring. You're, the, you're big B. You're big B. Really inspiring confidence, though. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's going to be fun. But, yeah, I mean, the free agency has already kind of started with the news that's come out. And I guess we'll be here. We'll be doing this. We're I making love content. being here. Yeah. Uh, so, until next week, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Lawbird Radio. Thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. <laughs>